Father, I'm, uh, I'm thankful for tonight. And Father, I'm just thankful for who you are and how you provide so abundantly. Father, I pray for hearts tonight, God, that are trying to find their way in this life. And I pray for hearts tonight, God, that are heavy with choices and they're burdened by things coming up in their life. Father, and they're trying to figure it out, I pray that you would comfort them tonight, guide them, show them their way, show them your way. And Father, I pray that you would speak through me and the words that are coming out of my, my mouth would not be my own, but would be yours. And Father, uh, I pray that you would just give me the boldness to speak about your mysterious gospel and give me the boldness and, and clarity and grace to speak your, your truth, Lord. And I pray that nothing else would come out of my mouth. God, I, won't, I don't want anybody to be led astray by my words. God, I want them to be closer to you and to hear exactly what your word would have to say to their hearts. Uh, Father, I love you. I'm thankful that we even get to come here and learn about you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So tonight is actually my first time ever preaching as, you know, with the title Youth Pastor. And it's really actually kind of weird because I've always kind of, kind of just like had this feeling that I would, and I've actually told y'all how it felt to, to feel like God was calling me to it, and I was just crying like a little baby because I did not want to be on stage and like talking. I was so scared. But now it's like, you know, God gave me a passion for it. Not that I necessarily enjoy being up here, but I, for some reason I just, I just have a, a draw to it, you know. But um, Kenny did a really good job Sunday when he, uh, you know, announced me or whatever you want to call it um, by kind of explaining my heart. And he was saying how, uh, my intentions would be to portray God's truth to whoever I'm speaking to and, and to portray what God's word says and not my own ideas or my own opinion. And then he said that I would love the people that God put me as a, I guess, a shepherd over. Um, and that's true, but I didn't get a chance to say what was on my heart and that's okay because I wouldn't be able to speak anyway. So uh, I'm just going to read uh, a little some something. Well, okay. So 2 Timothy chapter 4 says this. I solemnly urge you in the presence of God in Christ Jesus, who will someday judge the living and the dead when he comes to set up his kingdom, preach the word of God. Be, prepare, be prepared whether the time is favorable or not. Patiently correct, rebuke, and encourage your people with good teaching. For a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. They will, find, they will follow their own desires and will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. They will reject the truth and chase after myths. But you should keep a clear mind in every situation. Don't be afraid of suffering for the Lord. Work at telling others the good news and fully carry out the ministry of God, ministry God has given you. Uh, everything that that passage says is everything that I want to happen. And, you know, sometimes I wonder, like, God, you know, why do I even have to, to preach? You know, not necessarily have to, but he says to. He says to preach. And he says to work at sharing the good news. And he says to 
to do good teaching, you know, share the truth and, and lead. And he says to, to fully carry out the ministry God has given you. And uh, those are my intentions. I, I fully intend to work as hard as I possibly can at doing what God has called me to do. And I don't intend to do anything less. But that doesn't mean I'm not going to fail. And I want to just go ahead and warn y'all, I am like a stock market. I'll be up here one moment, and I'll be down here the next. And I'm just like, I'm just like this all the time. My basketball coach made fun of me all the time for doing it. Like I'd have a really good game, and then you wouldn't even know I'm on the team. You know what I'm saying? And it always happened when college coaches were watching me. I don't know why. And um, anyways, I just want to warn you, I'm, I'm a very weak person, and uh, that's okay because I'm reminded in God's Word that He uses the weak in this world to shame the strong. And uh, that's, that's me, you know, by definition, that's me. And um, I'm, I'm, I'm really actually kind of excited, but I wanted y'all to hear that from me, and I wanted y'all to hear that, um, that this is not the step of me becoming more important or anything like that. It's just the next step of obedience. And we all have those things. I just happen to be called, God just happened to call me to be t- talking with a microphone, you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, it's really not, not that really big of a deal. It's just the fact that God called me to do it, so I'm going to do it. And we all have those moments in our lives, and um, that leads me to what we're going to be talking about tonight. And uh, originally, we were supposed to be in Isaiah, uh, because that's what we've been in for the past four weeks. And then, uh, God put it on my heart. I was just reading my Bible one day, and I thought to myself, are we really free from sin? You know, I was just reading that said that we are free from sin, and then, and then it just started, it sparked a thought in my mind, like, how, you know? I mean, like, you hear it all the time, and then all of a sudden, you know, what do you know? Like, I'm thinking, okay, that's exactly what I'm going to preach on, you know? I'm new to this whole preaching thing. Not really. I mean, I've, I've done it a couple of times, but... I really am new to figuring out, like, how am I going to do this? How am I going to say this? You know, like, how do I know what I'm going to preach on? How do I know this or that? You know what I'm saying? All these things are going through my mind. I'm just, you know, a little young, you know, little young blood up here just, you know, trying to figure my way. And um, anyways, lo and behold, God put something else in my heart. I'm just like, wow, you know. I mean, you go from, you know, how do I, now I'm really confused. Now I really don't know what to say. But it's just, so comforting to know that God's word is relative to everybody and it meets you where you are. And I just want to read it right now and read its truth. And I want y'all to be encouraged and corrected and rebuked by it, just like it's supposed to. And I want y'all to listen to it with your hearts and not just, not just hear it in one ear and let it go out the other and say, yeah, we've had another church service. I want it to really penetrate your heart and I want y'all to want that. I don't want to be the only one that wants it. I don't want to be the one up here saying, you know, look, hey, come follow me, and I'm having to, to drag y'all, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, that's not me. I want y'all, I want to be walking with you guys. This is not me up here and y'all following. It's we're walking together through this thing. And, um, and that's the whole point. We're, I'm learning what this, what I'm teaching about tonight just as y'all are learning it. And we're learning throughout the weeks, and we're listening to worship music, and we're, we're growing in Christ together. So, I'm going to quit talking. Uh, If you have your Bibles, and I hope you do, turn to James chapter 4. So, 
So in life, we have these steps that we take. I don't know if y'all can remember, but back when y'all were about four or five years old, you know, five and six, you start, your parents start asking you, hey, what do you want to be when you grow up? It's like, I want to be a firefighter, or I want to be a policeman. You know, that's what we always say. I don't know, that, those things. And then, you know, you get a little older, it's like, I want to be a doctor. I want to be a nurse. I want to do all these things. And, and then you just begin to make these plans for yourself, you know. And then, and then throughout school, you begin to pursue these things. And then by the time you get into high school, and some of y'all are there, some of y'all are, are not there yet, but by the time you get in high school, you start having to think about these things more urgently. And you say, well, where am I going to go to school? Because, you know, you know if you want to go to UAB, you're probably, you know, if you want to be a nurse, you're probably going to think, you know, I'm going to either go to UAB or, or Jacksonville State or somewhere with a good nursing program. Or if you want to be a doctor, you're going to go to somewhere with a good, you know, med school or any other thing. And you start making these plans about what you want to do. And we just start taking these steps after step after step. But I want to talk about those things, and I want to talk about making plans. I want to talk about what your life is revolved around. So I'm going to read the passage, and then we're just going to talk about it. We're just going to talk about God's truth. That's the only thing preaching is. Verse 13 in James chapter 4. If you can't find it, it's right after Hebrews and right before 1 Peter. It's like two pages my Bible is on page 736. So just kind of go there and start flipping around. Everybody there? Because I couldn't even find it when I first started. Okay. Verse 13. Look here, you who say, Today or tomorrow we are going to a certain town and will stay there a year. We will do business there and make a profit. How do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Your life is like the morning fog. It's here a little while, then it's gone. What you ought to say is, if the Lord wants us to go, we will live and do this or that. Otherwise, you are boasting about your own pretentious plans, and all such boasting is evil. Remember, it is a sin to know what you ought to do and then not do it. We as humans get so caught up in material things. We get so caught up in, in wanting these material things that we completely go spiritually blind. It's like from day to day, you know, you wake up and maybe the first thing on your mind is, well, I got to go to work. I got to take a shower, go to work, make money. And we start, we have these plans, you know, like you said, it's like, uh, look, look here, those who say, you know, I'm, today or tomorrow, this is what we're going to do. We're going to go to this certain town. And when we get there, we're going, we're going to move in. We're going to have a house. We're going to live there for a year. And then we're going, to, we're going to start a business and then make a profit. Well, this is typical business language of that day. And, and what they would say, they would say those things with, with certainty. Whether they happened or not, they were saying these things like they were going to happen. And I want you all to think, think about the plans that you all make, that we make on a daily basis. We have plans for buying a house. And with that, it comes how big the house is, how many bedrooms, if it's going to have a pool, whether it's going to have nice granite countertops. We think about what kind of car we're going to drive when we get older or what kind of car we're going to buy next. We have plans about where we're going to live how we're going to make our money, 
when we live there. We have college plans. We have retirement plans. We have plans that God wants me to do this, but I'll wait till tomorrow kind of plan. See, the problem is, it's not with planning. See, planning can be a good thing. As you know, if you, if you don't plan on doing things, half the time they won't happen, right? If you, don't, if you don't make a plan and then pursue it, you know, that's how businesses work. That's how pretty much life works. They work based on a plan. But, say, like, the problem is not with plans, but the problem is with making plans that God is not involved in. We make these plans based upon us. And God is not involved in these plans. If you could see, he, they didn't say nothing about God being with them. They're, they're going to do this for God's glory. And also, another problem is, how do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? In fact, how do you know that you're even going to make it tomorrow? We don't even know if we're going to lay our heads on our pillows tonight. Our life is like a vapor. It's like a mist. The morning fog. It's here for a little while, but then it's gone. If you really think about it, your plans based on yourself don't matter. Because the fact is, if you just take yourself for a second and you think about, can I name every person's name in here? Do you know every single person's name in here? Pro- you know, chances is, you know, probably don't. Well, if you make your plans based on yourself, more than likely it's going to be that you want to be successful, that you want to be prosperous, and you want to do this. You want to make a name for yourself. You want to have money. You want to have this. You want to have that. And it's just like it's material things, college degree. Whether you make a lot of money or not, it's like, man, I want this college degree. I want fame. I want something. Something is going to build us up. We want something to make us be rememberable, right? We, we, want to be mem- uh, we want to be able to be remembered by everybody. But just... No one gets remembered. You know what I mean? If you really think about it, I mean, like, I don't, I don't really remember anybody but, like, Abraham Lincoln when it comes to presidents, you know, and, like, Barack Obama. And then, like, you got the first one. You're like, who remembers all the presidents? I mean, this, like, that's, like, the biggest person in the United States right now, you know, and we, we don't even remember but, like, three or four of them. I mean, it's just putting your life into perspective. I mean, your life really doesn't matter all that much if it's for you. Whether you get a college degree, whether you have a big house, whether you have a really nice car, those things really don't matter at all, actually. So, if your life is only here for a little while, how will you make it count? I like to talk about these things because because it's, if you really want to put it in a summary it's the cost of discipleship. It's what we talk about all the time, just in a different perspective. This cost of discipleship, we're saying we're going to deny ourselves and we're going to follow after Christ. I'll leave myself behind 
and follow you. But instead, we have these plans. It's almost as if we forget that buying a house, buying a car, raising our kids, the kind of husband or wife we want, and most of the time it's based upon what you think you need if you don't have a husband or wife and you're looking for one. See, the problem is with those things is that you don't put, you don't put God in them and they're about you. But we don't, think, we don't hardly think about those things in our day-to-day lives. We get distracted by these things. We see a certain house, we see a certain car, and we want it. And we'll do anything to get it. And then we get distracted. That's the problem with those things. We get distracted from God. We become spiritually blind. And so what do we do? It says, what you ought to say is, if the Lord wants us to, we will live and do this or do that. So you don't have to say that. Whether, you know, it, it might be good that you would say, I'm going to buy this house, or I'm going to buy this car if the Lord wants us to. It might be good to say that just to remind yourself that it has nothing to do with you. But it's about putting the Lord first. It's about putting the Lord first. It's about putting the Lord in your plans. It's, it's not revolving uh, God around your plans. It's about revolving your plans around God. Not vice versa. And it's funny, it's funny that I have a feeling that most of y'all are thinking, was like, yeah, that's kind of obvious, right? That's kind of, well, why don't you do it? Just ask yourself that question. Why don't we do it? It seems so obvious because we hear it so often, but why don't we do it? If you are a follower of Christ, should you not put God in your plans? Should that not be the first thing you think about? is does God want me to make this purchase? Does God want me to be with him or her? Does God want me to live in this neighborhood? Where does God actually want me to be? Does God want me to have a college degree? Does God want me to be successful uh, when it comes to the other people's eyes? You know, money, all that kind of Does God want me to do anything like that? Why don't we ask ourselves that? It's so crazy to me that I can be in a group full of Christians and we're talking about things that have nothing to do with God. And when we talk about our careers, something like that, it's like God is nowhere to be found. Nowhere. We talk about a group of friends. I want this person to be my friend. I want to hang out with these people. We don't think about God. And it bothers me so bad so that I can be in a group full of Christians and hear that stuff. Are we not supposed to be bearing each other's burdens? Yes. Well, what if we don't have any burdens to bear? If we're not talking about, hey, you know, God, God's calling me to downsize, all right? God's not calling me to get a college degree, even though right now I feel like that's what I should do. You know, and then the other person's, you know, that, that there's, it's like you don't have anybody to talk to. You don't have anybody to bear your burden because no one does it. Everybody's claiming to be a Christian, but no one wants to follow after Christ or put Him in their plans. Everybody wants to have this awesome life, but really your life doesn't matter. And the only way you can make it count is by drinking of the living water, the only thing that satisfies. It's by letting God help you through the hard times, through deep waters, through the fire. Well, you know, 
When you're following after yourself, when that's what you're following after, and you're in deep water, God, He wants to be there with you, but you're not wanting Him to be there with you. The reason why you're going through deep waters may be because you're revolving, you're, you're revolving God around your plans. You only spend a certain amount of time developing your relationship with God. Well, no wonder you don't know what to do. And look, it's okay. It really is okay to not everything, have everything figured out. That's the good news about this passage, is that he's saying you don't have to have everything figured out. You don't have to know what you're going to do tomorrow. You don't have to know what your career is going to be. You don't have to know whether you're going to make a lot of money. You don't have to know any of those things. You don't have to. You don't even have to think about them. Why? Because it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's the last thing that should be on our minds is what we're going to do. The thing that should be on our minds is, am I going to follow after Christ? Am I going to do what God has called me to do? Am I going to put every effort forth to do what God has called me to do? And I don't care what it is, I just want to do it. So that when I get to the end of this life, every bit of me has been poured out for Him. And I don't have any regrets because I can't take my house with me. I can't take a nice car. I can't take a sound system. I can't take my friends. I can't take my wife. I can't take anything. All I can take with me is saying, I poured myself out for Jesus Christ. That's all I can say by the end of my life. That's what I want to say. I don't want to say I had anything else. And that should be our main desire. All of us. Every person, lost or saved. Because if you're lost, you're probably looking for something to help you through deep waters. You're probably looking for something to say, you know, you don't have to have everything figured out because it's hard. Life is hard. Well, you're not supposed to do it for yourself, and it's not supposed to be easy. That's why he has to give us peace that passes all understanding. Because if you're not going through, if you're not trusting in him so deeply that he's bringing you things that require peace, that's what the peace is for. That's why he has to hold our hands through deep waters. And the problem is, all of us, some of us are going through false deep waters. If that makes any sense. The deep waters maybe because you're letting it come in. Instead of walking through Christ and saying, walking with Christ and saying, man, I'm somewhere where I, I, I just I don't know how, I don't know what to do. Well, to be honest, I don't know how to be a youth pastor. To be honest, I don't know how to preach. All I know how to do is say yes. And I trust that God provides. And that doesn't mean that we're just gonna, you know, take out a loan. Do whatever, go to, you know, get, get this really nice house and just trust that God provides a way to pay that payment. No. We say, Holy Spirit, and we spend time with God in here. Here. This is where we get our thoughts from God. Here's where we get our guidance from God is here. That's why he wrote it. Because if I told you what to do, it could be twisted. I can tell you anything and then somebody else can tell you something else. Well, this is, this is constant. This always says the same thing whether I tell you it says something or not. You can always go back to here and say that God told me to do this. God told me to do that. God told me to live here and do this or that. That's why we read this. That's why it should be so important, and that's why we should spend an numerous amount of time just following after God, developing our relationship with Him, 
Kenny asked last week, do you spend more time developing your relationship with God or do you spend more time on social media? How important is it to look at your followers' pictures on Instagram? Because I guarantee next week you will have no, no, tomorrow you will have no idea what picture you looked at today. No idea. But the lessons that God teaches you in here, they're deep and they last forever. They bring you through this life. They help you. They guide you in a way that nothing else can. Because you know who created this life? Do you know who created us? Do you know who knows us better than we know us? God. Not the creator of Instagram. Not the creator of a pickup truck. Not the creator of a house or the nice things in it. Or Steve Jobs. Those people have no idea. He does. And that's why we should read this. And that's why God should be the primary source of, of everything, of our plans. Our plans should revolve around God for that. And the very last part of it says, and get this. This is what's crazy. It says, remember... That is a sin for God to tell you to do something and you don't do it. It's a sin to know what you ought to do and then not do it. See, a lot of times we, we talk about these sins that we commit, right? We commit these things. God tells us not to do it and then we do it. So those are the sins we, we, the majority of the time, talk about. We talk about, hey, don't commit adultery. Don't lust after another person. Don't get drunk. Don't do drugs. Don't do this. Don't do that. Just yada, yada. All these don't do's. But this is something that he tells us to do, and then we don't do it. What does he tell us to do? And I, I was thinking about this, about these sins, of, these sins of omission instead of commission. If you really think about it deeply, no sin is greater than the other, obviously. They all send you to one place if you're not forgiven. But these sins, to me, seem a little more crucial. Because what God tells us to do is trust Him. God tells us to believe in Him. God tells us to come to Him when we are weary and we are thirsty and hungry. What happens if we don't do those things? You don't have God. You're left on your own. You're stranded. You're by yourself you and all the other people who don't do it. You see, following after God, it gets really hard. And too many times, I feel like 
everybody has it all figured out, you know? Like, it's this, it's this, I'm going to do this in school. I'm going to go to this certain school. I'm going to do this. When I get there, I'm going to graduate, and I'm going to go do here, and I'm going to marry this kind of person who fits all my needs, and I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm gonna do, it's constant. Everybody, everybody thinks they have everything figured out, or everybody makes other people think they have it all figured out. But the reality is no one does. No one. No one has it figured out. And you might think, well, it's like, well, so-and-so wanted to be a doctor and so in high school, so then he went to college and went to pre-med, and, and he got a 4.0, and then he got accepted into uh, med school, and now he's a doctor. Now he's actually a cardiac surgeon. Well, that person I have figured out. There's so many, it's so much deeper than saying, I'm going to go to this step and this step and this step. No one has it figured out. And the comfort is, is that we don't have to. The comfort about it is, is that we know that God is going to lay our next step out there for us. I find deep comfort in this because I have no idea what I'm doing. I have not one clue how to lead a people. I have no idea what to say to you guys. I have no idea how to, I mean, it's, like, I feel like I have no clue. But then when I read God's word, it's like, it's like I feel him leading me. I feel him on my heart, and I feel that, that next step come into place. And when I pray, I feel, like, I feel this peace come over me, and I, and I feel that I just take this next step of obedience, and then that's all I have to do. And I'm not saying that that's easy. I'm not saying that that's all you have to do, and that, like it's just going to be some walk in the park that you don't have to think 10 steps ahead. You, that next step of obedience is often really hard because what happens is we think we have it off. We think that this is our next five steps, and we're going to take those. All of a sudden, God tells you to take this step, and it's completely different than what you just thought. And that's difficult. That's hard. So if I had to tell you guys a summary of what this passage is saying, just like a take-home thing to think about is trusting God. Trust in God. And we hear that so much. We hear it so much, and I say it so much. I say it a ton. And I don't want it to sound like this is a passive thing. I don't want it to sound like, okay, well, I'm going to sit around and wait for God to move in me. No. This is, trusting in God is an active, humble submission to Him. You're actively pursuing Him, actively seeking after Him, wanting Him to change your heart constantly. You want Him to lead you on the next step, and you're saying, God, what do you want me to do? And He's telling you, seek me more. And then you have to humbly submit yourself to him. Submit yourself to his plan and not create your own. That's what I mean by trust God. I don't mean just sit around and wait for him to, to pick you up for yourself. Just pick you up and move you where you're supposed to be and you don't have to do anything. You just have to you know, lay there. That's not what I'm talking about. It's an active, humble submission to him. And that's one of the hardest things to do. And also, 
says, remember, it is a sin to know what you ought to do and then not do it. And you ought to trust God with your plans. And you ought to come to Him when you need peace. And all those things. But I do want to remind you of a very, very, very important thing. We're free from sin. We are set free from sin. We're set free from sin because of Christ, because of what He did on the cross. He fulfilled the law for us. All these things that were required of us, the perfection that was required of us, He fulfilled that in us. He broke the power of sin when he died and he rose again. He broke it. And we're free. We are free from it. We are no longer under its power. It can't control us anymore. And you say, well, so often I feel this temptation to be accepted. I feel this temptation of lust. I feel this temptation. I feel that temptation. And I I feel so drawn to it and I, I can't keep from it. I want to give you an example. If you're in a jail cell and sin has you locked in there, that's the the bodyguard or whatever. I don't know what you call them. Anyways, you're in there and you're locked in. You have no power to get out whatsoever. You can beg sin all day, let me out, let me out, let me out, and it can keep you in there. But because of Jesus Christ, The door is unlocked. And it doesn't stop there. You see, the thing is, when we let sin control our lives, we let, keyword, sin control our lives, we put ourselves back in that jail cell. We can put ourselves back in there if we choose to. But we can also come right back out because it no longer holds us captive. We will continue to struggle with sin for the rest of our lives, but it can't hold us captive if we don't want it to. And I also want to ask you this question, how can we who died to sin, how can we who are free from sin still live in it? If you find yourself constantly in sin with no remorse, if you find yourself in sin with with, with no conscience, with no urge to, to repent, no brokenness over your sin, you're probably not free from sin. In fact, you are not free from sin. If you don't have the Spirit of Christ living in you, you're not of Christ. You are not in Christ if He is not in you. And therefore, you cannot revolve your plans around God. But if you are free from sin, you can go to Him. If you're free from sin, you're free to trust Him. And you don't have to be a slave to fear. Fear of what tomorrow is going to hold because God is sovereign. That means He has ultimate control. Supreme control. 
Tonight, I really hope that God's word has corrected you and maybe even rebuked you. I really, really hope that it has encouraged you to follow after God and be comforted by the fact that you don't have to know what tomorrow is going to bring. And I hope that if it has corrected you and rebuked you, I hope that you know that you should revolve your plans around God and that you should be more aware of your thoughts. You should be more aware of how much time you're putting into developing your relationship with Christ because that should be the most important thing in your life. And it should show. Your actions will show that if he is. Tonight, I really hope it did that. And I hope that his truth spoke to you. And my hope and prayer is that this will be what my ministry looks like. Or the ministry that God has given to me will look like. I really hope that it has nothing to do with what I want to do, what games I want to play, or what opinion I have about something. I truly and sincerely hope that it has everything to do with God. And I ask and I beg you, and I'm just, I'm asking with the deepest part in me to pray for me. Just pray that I will be able to boldly speak about God's mysterious gospel. Because the more you read, the more you realize, man, this is, this is crazy. It's crazy that God can love me. Why does he? It's crazy that I'm actually free from sin. That if I resist the devil, he'll flee from me. It's crazy to think about those things. And it's crazy to be able to talk to somebody about those things and they have never heard those words before. And I pray and I ask you to pray for me that I will not only preach the gospel from here, but that I will preach it outside these doors. I will preach it wherever I'm at, that I will preach it at the lunch table. I'll preach it when I'm in school. I'll preach it with my kids in the future. I'll preach it everywhere. I don't want to only preach it here. That's not, that's not my intentions. And I ask that you pray for me because I'm weak, because I fall in those things, because temptation hits me just like it hits everybody else, whether I'm a youth pastor or not. And I pray that y'all would pray for me to stay humble. And I say this because sometimes people fall into this, this idea that a title means something when really it only means more responsibility. So I pray, I ask y'all to pray for me that I would not let any of that get to me, that I would humbly and actively pursue God and submit to him in everything. And I pray for you guys that y'all would do the same thing because that's ultimately what following Christ is about. That's the cost of discipleship. And that's what Christianity is, is following God, following Christ and being submissive to him. So let me pray and uh, if God's speaking to your heart, you can sit where you are.
if, uh, if he's calling you to, to come up here and pray at the altar, I want you to do that. And I don't want y'all to put it off. And I want y'all to think about what God has spoken to your heart about. Think about it deeply. This is not just another Wednesday night. This is an opportunity to learn about God. It's an opportunity to get closer to God. And I want to use it. I want to use every moment to do that. So let me pray, and I'll just let God do what He wants to do. Heavenly Father, God, I'm so thankful that we don't have to know what tomorrow holds. We don't have to figure anything out, God. We can just submit to you. And God, that is so hard. It's so hard to just say yes all the time. But God, if we just focus on your word, God, we we understand that you want what's best for us and you're going to provide no matter what. And that you're going to work everything for our good. God, I pray that we would be reminded of those truths and those promises that your word has. And I pray, God, that we would actively pursue you. That we would spend more time developing our relationship with you than we do developing anything else in our lives. Father, I pray that we would deepen our worship with you, not just in song, but throughout our days. We would worship you because of who you are, because of our active dependence on you. We depend on you, God. We are not independent. We cannot do it on our own. God, we depend on you. And God, I pray that you would just show us, God, show us your strength, show us your glory, show us your grace so that we can do that wholeheartedly. Father, I pray for the souls in here, God, that that are heavy with the burden of life, of the future. Father, I pray for the soul that doesn't know you at all and that has no idea what trusting you feels like, has no idea what your love feels like. Father, I pray that you would draw them close to you. And Father, I pray that they would come face to face with you tonight and be forgiven of their sins and follow you. I love you, God. I'm thankful for Jesus Christ and how he died for us he died in our place so we could be free from sin we're free to follow you wherever you lead us I love you God in Jesus name we pray Amen.